Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Lake Talks with Sis. We're your hosts, Samana. I'm Inshara. And I'm Sana. On today's episode, we thought we'd talk a little bit about what it's like to be brown growing up in Canada and the kind of experiences that we've gone through, discrimination, and just the kind of upbringing that um, we've all undergone that might may be different from you know your neighbor or whoever it may be so we just wanted to go through you know a little bit about our struggles and kind of the things that we've had to face and how we've come to overcome them yeah so let's jump right in okay i'll start i guess um and then maybe you guys can relate to me or you can um i don't know maybe bounce ideas off of me, I guess. I don't know. But for me, I think my issues started. <laughs> I feel like I'm in therapy. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. You can okay. go ahead. <laughs> but anyways, so like I mentioned in a previous podcast, you know, I think for me, it was immigrating to this country that really started all my issues because I never really had any before. I was just a kid. And so I was just living life. But then when I moved to this country, it was like a culture shock. And it was almost like, and so the, okay, so the neighborhood I lived in was like a very white neighborhood. And so there wasn't, there weren't any brown people. I think there was like one brown person. And I remember in class, my teacher told me, she's like, oh, you should be friends with that person. And that was the only other brown person in my class. And I was like, um, okay, weird. And this was my first time like going to um, a co-ed school. So when I was like younger, I went to an all-girls school for pretty much like 10 years. And then after that, um, coming to Canada, that's like not really a thing here unless you go to like a private school. So I went to a co-ed school and it was definitely like different being in a school with a bunch of like teenage boys and stuff. And I remember because I guess I was brown or I was hairy or whatever, whatever the reasons were, you know, you automatically are, you know, put into like a bullying situation, right? And I guess for me, like, that's when I started having, like, self-esteem issues. I started, like, not understanding who I am and constantly trying to change myself to fit in with people. And then I think because of that, it's kind of, like, seeped into other parts of my life. And even now, like, the reason I doubt myself or the reason I'm always thinking, like, second-guessing my abilities is because of that experience, I think. Because if that didn't happen, I don't think I would have been, I would be this way. Does that make sense? So I feel like childhood, childhood, like traumas kind of carry on with you through the rest of of your life. I don't know if you guys can relate to that. Yeah, I think childhood traumas run really, really deep because those are the ones that like come back to get you. And like, you don't even realize how deep the trauma goes until something happens in your 20s or 30s. And you're like, why? Wait, why am I feeling this way? And then you dig deep and you realize, oh, it's probably because this happened to me when I was like eight years old, you know, and I feel like um, especially being brown, being like different from the majority of um, the West, I think we've all like we can all pinpoint at least one experience that we've had where we felt like an outcast or where we felt discriminated against, even if we didn't even realize it at the time. Like if we were young, maybe like we couldn't comprehend that this is what was happening to us. But later on in life, you realize that like, oh, I can pinpoint that time when somebody called me this name or said this about me. And like now I understand what they meant or what they were implying. 
like even just one time I remember I think I was I don't know how old I was maybe like 10 or something like that and I was just like driving with my parents like I was just in the back seat and we were just driving um, to go for dinner and there was some traffic and then all of a sudden like we hadn't done anything like we're just driving talking having a good time and all of a sudden like someone just rolls down their window and just starts like yelling at us like to just go back to where we came from and and whatever and I was just I think that was like my first real like vulgar exposure to discrimination um and after that like I kind of sobered up and like start to see the world and people for what they are and yeah like I think those moments in our childhood can definitely be triggering and and they come up in really weird ways um as we get older wow um so basically for me um I think I was in grade six or grade seven and I was just talking like we were just standing in a group it was a group at school and we were just talking we were chilling And I don't know why, like one of my friends, and this is one girl that I was like super close to in grade, what, seven, she like turns to me and then she said something about me being a terrorist because I'm Pakistani. And like, I was shocked. I was like, what, what are you talking about? And I remember like, I like, I had to leave right then. I was like, what are you talking about? And I left and I was so sad. And like one of my friends, like he came and he was like, it's okay, like she's stupid, like whatever. But that's always stuck by me because I was like, what are you talking about? Like, I don't understand this. So I think that was my first exposure and that was traumatizing. (laughs) That's so messed up. Like somebody calling you a terrorist. Like Yeah, and I was like, what did I do? Yeah, I mean, it all obviously is a result of like 9-11 and everything that happened afterwards, right? And yeah. because of that, and even like before 9-11, it was always like that. Like there was always that hostility. But after 9-11, it became more kind of obvious. And so when 9-11 happened, I was in Dubai, like that's where I lived. And so I was like, oh, oh my God, this is so bad. But I never saw like the effects of it because everyone's Muslim there, so it doesn't matter. But when I came to Canada and it was like this huge thing, if you're like, Muslim or if you're brown like automatically or like a terrorist or somebody that like people are scared of and I was like why are people scared of me like why are people scared of like my religion or whatever right because it's such a mundane thing for us that's just our identity but then when you come here it becomes like a whole issue all of a sudden it just doesn't make any sense yeah like I remember after 9-11 um several years after that I remember my first random check at the airport and Like, I fully knew, I'm like, this is not a random check. Like, I know that this is not a random check. Like, come on. And I've heard so many stories of people, especially men, like, who are wearing turbans or who have long beards. They'll, like, time and time again, almost, like, every single time that they fly, they'll get randomly checked. And this is all a result of, like, after 9-11, this is what started happening. And I remember when this happened to me, I just felt so infuriated. Like I was so mad. I'm like, yo, like, look at me. Anybody who like knows me, like, come on, what am I going to do? Like, (laughs) you know what I mean? And like, just small things like that. Like even you, you guys know me, like I have really long hair too. And like the amount of times somebody has like asked me, or just assume that like, I have long hair because like of my religion, and like, I'm not allowed to cut it because of my religion. And I'm like, 
what are you talking about? Like, I've never been forced to keep my hair this long. And like the same thing happens for like so many um, Muslim women and stuff like, oh, you're forced to wear the hijab or whatever it is, you know, and it just like infuriates me so much that people are so ignorant and like, they just like assume things and they just put labels on you when they have no idea like who you are, like where you come from or anything. I completely agree. And also like, it's not even... It's not even just that. It's just like the fact that you don't, they don't even take like the extra step to like research anything about these like religions, right? It's so, or cultures or anything, right? Like you should, if this is coming up in the news like 7 million times, you should probably look it up, like what it is, like what the truth is. Because obviously the media is spinning it to be a certain way. But the fact that people like just believe all those things that they hear and they just then put labels on people. It's like, you don't even want to get to know me. You don't care about like learning about my culture but it's like when you come here you're expected to like respect the culture or whatever you're you're expected to like assimilate but that same kind of courtesy is not reciprocated back to you right like you're just expected to be Canadian but it's like do you even know anything about my culture where I came from like no you just have to know everything about Canada that's it period you know yeah I think like going off what you're saying um something like I've struggled with is kind of the opposite of that in terms of identity, because um, my background is kind of all over the place. So when someone asks me, like, where are you from? Like, I, it, it's like, I need to take a minute to explain to you, because it's not so simple. I can't just say I'm from X place. And like, that's what I am. Like, you know, my dad was, um, he grew up in Uganda. And my mom grew up in Guyana. And like, my you know, my mom is like, comes from a Hindu background, and my dad comes from an Islamic background. So it's like, really like complex. And even even just going further into that, like my mom's side of the family, they're West Indian, they're Guyanese. But even even that, like going back to like, uh, the West Indies, and like everything that happened, like, you know, my great grandfather was brought on a boat and like, you know, taken to the sugarcane fields and everything. And there was already so much like displacement there, like even how uh, Guyana was colonized by the British. And now Guyana doesn't have like its own language. So we speak Patois or broken English. And it's just like already so broken up and kind of dismantled. Um, So coming from that and then like also merging that with uh, other identities or other places um, kind of can get really complex and people people struggle with that because then like you have so many places that you're associated with but people just kind of assume that like you're one thing like oh I'm Pakistani or I'm this or I'm that like it's not so black and white and people just like automatically just like to label you um based on like what you look like like so many times because my hair is so long and like I'm brown like people just automatically assume I'm just Indian when like it's not it's not as simple as that you know what I mean yeah I agree people are so quick to judge and you know like they don't even know one inch of you like they have no idea what's going on in your life they don't know about your culture they don't know anything but you know everyone's just so quick to judge that nobody takes a step back to see what's the real like what's your truth you know so how do you guys feel like you're navigating your identities now like what do you tell people when they ask you what you are Samana mostly I guess and even Santa because you're mixed too right yeah Honestly, that's such a loaded question for me. I feel like I've been struggling with 
my identity for pretty much my entire life until this point. Um, like I grew up being so confused, like, what am I? Like, I'm so many different things. And I think, again, it goes back to what I was saying. You just get put into a box. It's like, you're this thing or you're that thing. But why can't I just be like, take the parts of all of these things and be that because that is what I am. That is my identity. I'm not just one thing. But I think, uh, like growing up, you know, as you grow up and you experience different things and you experience different cultures and things like that. Uh, I know for me, definitely, I've over the years strongly like identified with my like Guyanese and West Indian roots. Um, like I just feel comfortable in that like skin of mine and everything. And that was really hard for me to embrace for a really long time because I wasn't like so exposed to it. And growing up, I always had this like fascination for this culture that I was like part of, but I wasn't really part of because I wasn't like so exposed to it. And there was always like a part of me that kind of longed to like belong in a sense, um, especially when I was like around my mom's side of the family and everything. Um, I just felt like this feels so right to me and how I just feel so removed. Like it's a really weird feeling when like this is your own, but you feel so removed from it. It's like, this should be mine. I should be feeling so comfortable to be in my own skin, but I'm not because I don't know how to, because I've never really been in it. I've been exposed to so many different things. And like, I've been so exposed to like um, my dad's side of the family and the way that they do things. And uh, it became like a point of confliction for me, for sure. But I think as I've been getting older and like I've been able to make my own choices and, you know, kind of delve deep into myself, I realized that it really is not fair to label somebody and put them in one box because then you're making that person believe that they have to pick one thing over the other, which I do not think is true at all from my own experience. What about you, Santa? Uh, yeah, so I'm also a mix. So uh, like I, my mom is Pakistani and my dad is East African. So like, I think you guys know that I take on my Pakistani side, like a hundred percent. I don't really take on uh, the East African side just because, I mean, I've grown up with like my mom's side of the family. So, you know, like I've always been talking in Urdu and like, I mean, it's just, that's what I grew up doing. Um, so I embrace the Pakistani culture so much more. And like half the people that know me, like more than half the people that know me don't even know I'm like East African. It's just because I've always just said I'm Pakistani. <laughs> um, but also like, so when I went to university, you know, like I, um, I remember my friend, she was, um, she went up to like the Pakistani Student Association and someone asked me like oh are you Pakistani too and I'm like yeah I am and then she's like oh okay where are you from and I was like oh like my mom's from Karachi and she was like oh like so where were you born and I was like I was born here in Canada and she's like oh okay so yeah you're like kind of Pakistani and I'm like what <laughs> I'm like, so what am I then? If I was born here, doesn't that mean I'm still Pakistani? Like, I don't know. 
So yeah, guys, that's um that was really traumatic for me <laughs> because I don't know, like, am I Pakistani? <laughs> you are, Santa. You are. Thank you. Well, of course, you are not valid. Well, yeah. yeah, I feel like there is this like idea of like if you're not born in your home country, then you're not like as connected to your ethnic culture, right? Whatever yeah. that is. Like even for me, like I was born in India, but. I never really lived. I lived there for like three months when I was a baby. But what do I remember? Like nothing, right? It's just blank. Yeah. And when when people tell me like, oh, yeah, you're born in India. Like that means like you're Indian and stuff. I'm like, not really. Because yes, I am. But also like I, I don't, I never really lived the life there. Like I don't know what the routine is. Like whenever I go on vacation, that's about all I know. But I still feel like I'm more like connected to Dubai because that's where I like was raised. And then now to Canada because this is where I lived for like the majority of my life so I do feel like there is that like weird idea like if you're not born there then you're not from there but I don't think that's true yeah we should get rid of that idea because I'm trying to embrace my Pakistani side and no one's letting me (laughs) yeah I feel that so much like even for me I've never been to Guyana but like I've been wanting to go there for the longest time and I feel such a strong connection to it and I feel like that's so invalid for people to just invalidate you like just because I wasn't born there doesn't mean I'm not connected to the culture to the people to like the food to like everything like that place literally runs in my veins even if I haven't been there just because I've been brought up first of all by people who have lived there and who have been living in that way and that lifestyle and they've they've granted that to me so obviously like through that I'm already connected so like who are you to say that to me Like, I know for me, a big thing I used to struggle with when I was, like, going through this whole identity crisis, Um, I would go over to, like, my mom's side of the family and, like, everybody would be, like, talking in Patois. And I always thought, like, it was the coolest thing ever. And part of me, like, just wanted to be able to, like, speak like that so badly. But at the same time, I felt... I felt so bad because like I couldn't and I I kind of felt like excluded from my own culture because I wasn't able to like communicate in that way. And then I would just find myself sitting there listening to like everybody speak and just like wishing that like I could just be part of it. You know what I mean? And yeah, like because because when I grew up, I wasn't so exposed to that side. And like it wasn't just like something I grew up knowing. It's something like I had to like you know, actively learn myself, like it, I was put in a, in a more difficult position than someone who was just raised in that. And like, you know, it's just second nature for them to like speak in that way or to know what this thing means or whatever. For me, I kind of, I kind of, it's, it's really weird. It's like, I was, this is my culture, but like, I was still felt like an outsider. You know, I still felt like I didn't really fully belong. And I had to learn a lot of things on my own. I had to learn things on my own that other people would have just learned by way of growing up. And yeah, eventually I did like learn this. And I remember, I remember when like I first started to like speak Patois and stuff with my family, I was like so self-conscious. I was like, oh my God, I like probably sound like horrible. Like I probably am not saying something the right way. And like, everyone's going to be shocked to hear me speak like this because nobody like hears me talk like this at all. And in the beginning, it was kind of like, everyone's like, oh, like, look at you. Okay. And now like, it's just become so normal. Like now it is that second nature thing that like, I kind of was 
thirsty for for like so many years of my life and like it's just a normal thing now and yeah I just went off on like some tangent from that but um just bringing it back to what we were talking about like that's what I mean like I was never born there or brought up there but like I can still be connected to the culture and I feel like that's something that people like overlook a lot yeah I think there's ways to learn a culture right like even if you are born there and even if you like were raised in that cultural like background for your family it doesn't mean that you still fully understand your culture you have to learn it yourself regardless of how Indian or Pakistani or Guyanese you are right like and I think one way of doing that is by learning the language like Samana was saying like knowing the language allows you to connect with people from that culture which allows you to learn more about that culture so definitely learning the language learning how to cook those ethnic foods <laughs> even though I don't know if I'll ever cook that on my own time because who's gonna go out and buy all these ingredients I don't have time for that but you know it's like it's a way to connect with your culture or maybe watching some Bollywood movies which I know we all do those are just like fun ways to connect with it oh and then having like brown friends <laughs> too like for me I feel like I just yeah. naturally gravitate towards that I don't know why it's like that I don't know it's just it's just easier I guess because you just know you just get them they get you you just get them yeah I agree 100% I feel like it's so much easier for me to connect to somebody that's brown <laughs> than like anyone else I don't know why like even in university like I remember my first friend she was brown and I started talking to her because she was brown <laughs> So, you know, like, I mean, th that's always just been me. Like, I've always just been and started talking. Like, I've always started talking to brown people. And then, you know, that kind of just helps me, like, like, I don't know, build a bond. <laughs> yeah. And one more thing I wanted to say, like, quickly before Samana says something. Um, remember how I was telling you guys that my teacher, like, forced me to be friends with the only brown person? Yeah. Yeah. So because of that, for the longest time, I was like, I don't want to be friends with brown people because I don't want to. I don't want to be the outsider, right? And when you're mm. in that like ethnic or white Caucasian community, you automatically start to like not want to be associated with your culture because you don't want to be like the outcast. So for the longest time, I was like, I don't want to be friends with brown people. Like I want to be friends with like white people because then I'll fit in. <laughs> but now I'm like, um, I'll just be friends with whoever, but naturally just becomes brown again. <laughs> yeah, that's so interesting, actually. I, I feel like there's just this, unspoken familiarity when you see like another fellow like brown person because you know even though you've never met like I'm sure there are similar experiences or similar ways of thinking or ways that you were brought up that like you just automatically you know and like it's just easier to navigate a relationship with that person <laughs> like even I, I know like for sure growing up um when I would have friends over or I would go over to friends houses like and they were brown like you know you they just know like how you're supposed to communicate with like your parents and whatever you know there's that respect and that like cultural upbringing that you just know what you're supposed to do whereas if I was to bring like a white person home or whatever like it would just be like there's not that unspoken knowledge of like how to conduct this or or anything like you know what I mean like I know for all of us whenever we've gone to like each other's homes and like we interact with each other's parents like we just know what to do you know how to like keep that respectful and just make it feel more like welcoming and, and like you know just have that it's just like a common understanding between everybody we know what to say and what not to say <laughs> exactly <laughs> 
yeah it's like we don't even have to say it like I'll just look at you guys and I'll know you know it's like it's an unspoken connection <laughs> exactly it's, it's like you guys like Samana said like she's Guyanese and African so, Sam, Sana, like same with you and it's like I'm Indian but we all still have like the same roots right because we're all obviously going back to the same place so we have that similar culture mm-hmm. and those like same thoughts at the same time too <laughs> it's so weird <laughs> I mean, I'm pretty sure that's why I started talking to you guys because you were brown. <laughs> I don't know. Like, I, I mean, it's not like I have anything against white people or any other ethnic groups. Like, I'm still friends with all of them. Like, they're cool. You know, they get me. I get them. But with brown people, I just like it's just a natural gravitation. I don't know how to yeah. explain it. It's just like I see them. I know what to expect. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, plus we've grown up in like such a diverse community. So so obviously, like, we talk to everyone. We're friends with everyone. It's just, this is, like, more of a natural comfort. But did you guys ever, like, relate to what I was saying? Like, when, I don't know, maybe you guys didn't grow up in, like, a white community, but I did. And so I definitely felt, like, that natural, like, disconnect with my culture. Like, for the longest time, I was like, I don't want to be associated with this. Like, I don't even want to, like, speak this language when I'm outside. Like, don't even, like, put me, asso- like, don't associate me with this at all. Like, I don't want to smell like curry or whatever. <laughs> You know, like, I don't want to be a part of this at all. And so I feel like that was something I was struggling with for so long. And then now, finally, I'm like, oh, it's actually not that bad. And I need to, like, grow more comfortable with it. And a lot of that is, again, like, learning my identity, like, who I am and becoming more confident in my, like, self. And I think that that becoming connected to your culture is, like, a part of that, having, like, that good self-esteem, I think. I think I can kind of relate because um, when I was growing up, I would never really speak or due to anyone outside my family like you know and even like going and going to school and everything like I would never show my brown culture that much but then now like you know in university and everything like even talking to my best friend like we talk in Urdu so you know it's like I'm I embraced it more in university and I was like you know what like it's fine but Santa for you was it like I don't like this or I don't want to be associated with this or was it just like oh I'm just not going to deal with this right now it was more like I'm just not going to deal with it right now. Like I was never like embarrassed by it. It's just I never really talked about it. I see. What about you, Samana? Yeah, I kind of feel that too. Like um, when I was growing up, I went to like uh, an Islamic private school for 10 years of my life. Um, so I went straight from that into like a public high school. And I remember just like, I didn't want to go to the school like halfway through I was like begging to be transferred and I just wanted to go to like a normal public school and everything. So by that point, I was like ready to just get out. And when I got into high school, yeah, I kind of had that mindset unconsciously, I was like trying to seek out other people like, you know, trying to like be friends with like people that I never had the opportunity to even no existed outside of like my school and like the people that I was being exposed to. But yeah, even as I navigated like through high school, as I reached like the end of high school, and like, as I'm getting older and stuff, like, you know, by the end of it, I graduated like the group of friends that like I was the closest to by the end of high school, they were all brown. (laughs) You know what I mean? So um, I think it is just that like, that rebellious nature of mine was just coming to the forefront. And I was just trying to get something that like I couldn't have before, you know, the grass is always greener on the other side. And you think that like, oh, just because like, I don't have this now I want it. 
but then you get it and you realize that okay this is not everything that like I thought it would be so yeah for me I kind of just like came into my own and like after having experienced it for myself and gone through it I realized you know that I don't really it doesn't really matter like I, I'm, I'm comfortable with who I am and and it just kind of gave me that confidence to just go through it myself and come to that conclusion rather than somebody just telling me about it. Like I got to experience this for myself. So now I know. Yeah, I think like exactly what you said, it's an unconscious thing. You're not doing it like consciously, right? You're you're doing it. And then maybe a few years down the line, you'll realize, oh, I was like unconsciously trying to be friends with like these type of people because I was trying to rebel or get it away from my own culture, right? And I think it takes a lot of reflection to come back to that and to even realize that you were doing that. And again, like, I think that's part of a bigger problem, right? Like, even since we're younger, and even in brown communities, like, we're always taught that, like, whiteness is, like, good, right? We're always taught that, like, there's this, like, glamorization of, like, white people and white culture and all of these things. And so I definitely think I internalized some of that and then, like, projected that in my own life. And now I've finally realized, like, that's not right. And what I was doing was definitely like harmful to like my community and myself. And I think now I'm trying to go back, circle back and like find like comfort in my own like skin and my own culture and all of those things. Yeah, I think like I want to ask the question if we were to reverse this, because I know there are a lot of people like outside of our communities and stuff who are interested in like our culture and the things that we do. Um, and I know like people tend to kind of look down upon that or think like um, this person can't do this because they're not from my culture. This person can't like, um, like, for example, I, I know this happened within myself as well. I really had to like work through this and like just burn this away and like get rid of it. Um, when I was um, taking a Sanskrit in uh, university, I just automatically assumed that like it's going to be like an Indian person teaching the course. Um, and then I realized it wasn't? Like, it wasn't, it was this, um, this white British woman who was teaching the course. And I remember like going into that first class, something in me was so like aggravated. I was like, this is like wrong. Like, how can she be teaching me this? You know what I mean? And I kind of had that, like, not like, you know, like I was just kind of shocked and like, it just didn't sit right with me. Um, and then like, you know, uh, as I've gone on, like I've been taking courses with her now for like some years and she is like, honestly, more learned than like so many people who actually speak the language, you know? So I'm like, you know, who am I to kind of judge or like kind of, um, keep this person? Like we were talking about how we felt like we were an outcast, but like at the same time, I feel like a lot of people in our community and in our cultures we kind of do the same thing. Um, like we'll exclude people from certain things or whatever. Like, I, you, do you guys know what I mean? Have you experienced this for yourselves or have you seen this happen? Okay, so lots of questions with that, with that whole thing. Um, wait, so this teacher is teaching Sanskrit? She knows yeah. how to like write and speak it? Yeah, like fluently. Wow, like that's insane. more than like people who know the language, like who've grown up speaking or writing it. Like she's on some other level, like super, super knowledgeable. Okay, I think that, like, I, I, okay, now that I'm hearing this, I'm a little bit shook, and I can see why you were aggravated or a little bit like confused about why this person is teaching this because there is like 
this tokenization that can happen, right? And I've seen that like a lot, especially nowadays, because you know how like yoga, meditation, mindfulness, those things are becoming so popular. And if you actually go on YouTube, like if you search yoga, everyone that pops up is like white, even though it's not a white, like even though it's like traditionally an Eastern thing, right? It's like an Indian practice, right? I mean, I feel like yoga has been like so appropriated, like yoga is not what yoga actually is. (laughs) Yeah, I agree with that. And so that is like a bit of an issue. But if you're taking the time to learn about it, and then, like you said, she's very like learned and stuff, then I think it's fine. But there is like that line where it's like tokenizing as well. Yeah, I agree. And also, so while you were mentioning that, I also realized that sometimes like if I go to a restaurant, and the person making the food isn't of that culture, I'm like, Uh uh-huh like how are you making the food like I get genuinely confused which is so bad but I mean that's just what goes on in my mind so can you guys please relate and make me not feel that bad (laughs) okay I can relate because I went to this Italian restaurant and the cook was some brown guy and I was like why are you cooking Italian food if you're Indian or brown one of those things you know what what's happening here so I definitely agree with that that's weird to me but it's not because honestly, they're just working in a restaurant and they're just following a recipe. So how hard is it really to make that like food, right? Yeah. But I think it takes away from like that authentic feeling. Yeah, like, I agree. In your 100%. mind. Yeah, because now I'm like, hmm, I don't know. I don't know if this is going to be as good. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So like I would be play devil's advocate here and say like, let's say you had that assumption. And then when you actually ate the food, was it? good like was it just as good or like what was your experience of that I don't remember but I'm pretty sure it was I'm pretty sure it was okay otherwise I would have remembered that it wasn't bad you know yeah even my experience it was good so no complaints but yeah okay I have a story to tell you guys so when I was working (laughs) so when I was working at the restaurant I had a customer who came up to me and she was super like curious about my culture my ethnicity she's like what's your background and I was like oh I'm like fully Indian And she was like, really? And she's like, I lived in India too. And this was like a white lady with like a British accent. And I was like, I already know where this is going. (laughs) And she was like, yeah. She's like, I own hotels there. And I was like, bro, okay, cool. (laughs) Goodbye. (laughs) And in my mind, like I felt bad because she was genuinely like a nice person. But I'm sorry, like I'm automatically going to think you're a colonizer. You have like some colonizer ancestors. It's just automatically going to jump in my head. I mean, like her saying that already indicates that she had a privileged experience of living there like the fact that she's owned hotels and these things like there's so many people who live there that obviously are not living life to the same standards so I feel like it's unfair for you to kind of try to relate in that sense because you're not really like you might be living in the same country but like you're the ways of life and like the way that you're living is completely different you're you're seeing the world through a completely different lens okay but also come on the poor lady just wanted to relate to you like come on (laughs) I know and that's why I felt bad but it's like at the same time like am I wrong for thinking about her being a colonizer like no I mean she's not but her ancestors probably were which is why they have you know all those properties and stuff but yeah like it's it's weird like you just feel bad and you're like why is this person even trying to relate to me like it's we don't have the same experience but I'll be nice I guess yeah I mean you're right in your way but I don't know it's honestly it's it's sometimes it's just like you don't know how to feel about it like you know on one like 
one point is that like she was just trying to be nice and trying to relate to you but then also it's like you know you have your experiences you know about the history and everything so it's kind of hard not to be a little harsh I don't know did you guys ever have that like opinion when you see like British people or white people that you're like oh wait you're colonizing my country previously yeah I feel like that's like such a common thing for people of um who are brown or who are just like not from the west it's really hard to ignore what has been done in the past um, so I think it's a, it is a struggle or it's a, a hard balance to find between, um, you know, blaming everybody who is not the same color as your skin um, to be like they're bad or, or whatever they've done this in the past. Um, I think like it is important to kind of distinguish like, okay, this person who's standing in front of me, like um they came from this lineage but like is it fair for me to like hold them accountable for what their like ancestors did especially if they are actively trying to change and they are I think the key thing here is like having them acknowledge or own up to what their ancestors did like you know what I mean if they've acknowledged that and they also know that what has happened or what has transpired was wrong and they're actively like trying to move in another direction, then I think it's it's different, you know, like we can't just automatically say like, oh, you're a colonizer because like your great great grandfather did this, even though you're actively trying to change that. So I think it is this weird, weird place to be in to kind of navigate that, you know? Yeah, and I also think two things like, it's not that long ago, right? Like we're thinking it's like way, way in the past, but it's like your parents grew up feeling like the effects of that and your sort of your grandparents and stuff. And also like that trauma, like we were talking about initially will carry on like with you for the rest of your life because every time you go back to your home country, you see the effects of that colonization. You automatically are like, if that didn't happen, like this country would, wouldn't be in this state. And so I think for me, like it's just every time I go back there, I just think about, like how sad it is to see people like living on the streets and stuff and not having the same privileges. And then some lady showing up to me and saying, hey, like I own a hotel there, like cool. But like, did you ever even try to see things from other people's perspectives whose families were destroyed because of all of this colonization and stuff? So I think for me, it's just like every time people tell me that, I just, I think about what I've seen and the effects of it. And that's why it's hard for me to be like forgiving and all like happy and like, you know, do you know what I mean? Yeah, we we understand 100%. Like, even for me, like, I know people when, like, the partition and stuff happened who, like, had to, you know, the two countries, like, Pakistan and India are still, like, facing the consequences and, like, the after effects of, like, what happened there, you know? And, like, I have people in my family who, like, can share stories about what that time was like and, you know, how crazy it was that like you know they just because they were in the wrong place at the wrong time they got stuck in this one place and they could never go back to where they actually were born or where they actually have family and they got separated from their families and everything and it's so tragic and you know it, it this was all a ploy by the British like the whole their whole agenda was to divide and conquer and India at the time was such a rich place like both intellectually spiritually like materially it was such a rich place and it had so much potential 
it still does but like the british really did a fantastic job of just suppressing the people and and making them fight against them each other um you know and and yeah like india and pakistan those are just two small examples of like a place where the after effects are still so prominent and people think like oh this happened so long ago but this is still an everyday reality for everybody that lives there you know and i feel like people don't really talk about that or just because it happened in the past the british somehow are are not being held accountable anymore or as much as they really should be for like the terror and the havoc that they've wreaked on like these people yeah like completely agree even now you can see it the effects of it like you said and even if you go there live there for like a day you can see the poverty you can see like all the different like economical government all those issues that come up and yeah you're right it's not being acknowledged and the british government still don't take any accountability they still put winston churchill like everywhere on their buildings his names everywhere and it's just like do you really want to hold somebody like that as your political you know figure that you like love so much and respect and it's just like i'm not going to respect that i don't know why anybody would respect that i don't know how brown people even say his name without puking every time it's just i don't i don't know why and the fact that it's like being flaunted in your face and i mean they've also stolen so many things from india and they've yeah. never returned it right like like even the queen the the queen yeah she wears the diamond the or she has the diamond yeah it's so like stolen thing it's from stolen jewel exactly and it's just like none of this has happened there's no reparations there's no accountability we're still talking about winston churchill like let it go it's, it's just a one-sided narrative and it doesn't show you the effects on the other side and that's why i struggle so much when i see like white people appropriating the culture wearing it like it's like a fun thing like trying to wear a sari or whatever it's just like no like i'm sorry like please don't do that if you don't know what's happening there or around the world right yeah and i mean we don't do that about anyone else's culture so why are you doing it with ours you know but yeah like santa what were you saying like i mean i wouldn't do that to anybody else's culture i wouldn't like appropriate it like that i don't even know why anybody would like go out of their way to do that like for halloween and stuff like it's so weird to me that people do that yeah I yeah agree. like even when the movie aladdin came out i was so mad i was actually so mad for, i was so excited that like the representation is going to be on Wait, point. the new aladdin or the old one the new aladdin like the the person who was cast as the lead role for jasmine like she was white no she's half indian okay half but like even if you look what at about her, the other half <laughs> if you but know, also it's not an indian thing it's no, like no, but it's even historically different. historically if you look at the character of jasmine she's supposed to be dark-skinned like that is like a major part of like who she is she's a she's a dark-skinned like person a woman and that was a like completely completely just scrapped and thrown away um in aladdin and i feel like it it, it was such an important thing to showcase that and they didn't do it and i was just really disappointed to see that like they cast aladdin fine like he's brown he's a brown boy but what happened to jasmine like i just don't understand who thought that was a good idea yeah but also like it's not even indian like is it an arab culture that you're trying to represent or is it like indian like it's they're trying to like mesh the two together and i think it's the same but it's like totally different and this is even in the cartoon version it was like that like you felt like both vibes and you're like which one is this 
And so I think yeah. it was like trying to pull like a bigger audience, but I also think it was like not well researched or, and even the fact that that came out recently and people still don't understand that that's not even the same culture. I'm so confused. And then, oh my God, the amount of times people would tell you when you're little, like you're like, or I got Pocahontas. I don't know. Did you guys get Pocahontas or Jasmine? I got Pocahontas too. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, bro, what the heck? I'm not, first of all, I'm not Native American and Pocahontas <laughs> is a bad representation of that as well. And I'm not Jasmine because I don't know what she is. <laughs> either. We don't know her culture. We can't relate. We don't know. Oh my God. Like, it's so weird to look back on like all these things people would say to you. And at the time you're like, okay, okay. And now you look back and you're like, wait, that was really like racist. <laughs> not going to lie. Exactly. See, it goes back to what we were talking about in the beginning. Like people would say these things or compare you to these Disney princesses when you were a kid. And you thought like, oh, that's such a nice thing to say. But like, as you're growing older, you realize like, oh my God, that was racist. That actually was not intended to be a compliment. Glad we can all relate to that, guys. I was always confused what was happening. I was like, what are you talking about? Like, who are you? <laughs> Why don't you know anything about me? <laughs> but yeah, guys, anything else to add? Anybody have any more stories to share? A lot of us can relate to this, like a lot of our parents, you know, if we think that we have it bad, they've had it much worse than we have. Like, I know my parents have told me hideous, like horrendous, horrific stories of the things that they've had to experience when they first uh, moved here and stuff. Like, I know, like my dad was just telling me a story when he was in, I think it was grade two. Um and they had just moved to Canada from Uganda. Uh, you know, they were not well off at all. They were um, living in just a small, tiny apartment. And my dad, he is um, the eldest sibling. And him and his sister used to walk home from school. And they would literally be afraid because they would just have these kids like follow them home and bully them and like literally like beat them up just because they were brown. And, you know, it, it was a they had some really hard times growing up when when they first moved here. Like they tell me stories and I just can't even believe that people would do such disgusting things. I feel like as like our generation yeah, we experience these things, but I definitely feel like not to the degree that like our parents and our grandparents have faced, you know what I mean? Like the struggles, we have struggles and they have struggles, obviously they're different, but it's just insane to me to hear the kinds of things that like they had to go through. Yeah, like totally relate to that. I think when you're like a new person in this country, you automatically have like all these like economic and financial like obstacles you're facing and then on top of that you also have that added like racism and stuff which you don't even expect when you really like I didn't expect that when I came here and then when I saw it I was like oh wait this is a real thing because when I lived in Dubai like it was so homogenous like everyone's brown there so there's no like real unless it's like something else but there isn't anything like in your face like that but then when I came here it was like oh this is a real issue and like this is an actual problem that people need to talk about and I'm glad that finally now people are like addressing the issues and like talking about this stuff more 
I think something for me is that I get really jealous when my mom tells me stories of when she was back in Pakistan because like, you know, she grew up there and she always tells me stories about how like, you know, her and her friends used to go out every night and how she would always have like her cousins over or her friends over. And I'm like, I never got any of that. So I'm always jealous. I'm like, I wish I grew up in Pakistan so I could experience something like that because I mean, over here in Canada, my mom doesn't even let me go to the mall. Like, I'm 24. (laughs) No, but, like, seriously, like, you know, obviously, we don't have stories like that that we can tell our kids. Like, I really don't have stories that I'm going to be able to tell my kids. So, I mean, I'm jealous in the sense that I didn't get to grow up in that kind of, like, like, community, you know? Yeah, like even when my parents tell me stories about their childhood, I'm like, whoa, like how did any of this happen? Like I don't understand the things that they did when they were in like college and high school and all of that. So I'm always jealous too because I'm like, I wish I grew up at a, at a time where, you know, I could live there and I, everything was good there. Because before mm-hmm. now, like now it's really, really bad there. But when my parents were there and I'm sure when your parents were there, it wasn't like this. Like it wasn't like so dangerous outside and like there wasn't like pollution and all this like crowdedness now there is I and there wasn't even like that much like I know that those countries have a lot of issues in them like there's always like minorities and like all these people being persecuted but before it wasn't that bad like everyone got along really well so Mm -hmm. I I wish that I could have grown up when it was like that so I could have had that community and that big family and stuff Mm mm-hmm Yeah, that's something I wish I had, you know, because like, of course, like, I have my friends, like that I grew up with here and my cousins and everyone. But it's just that feels so more like close, like you get more closer to people because I don't know, it's just the community there. It just feels like you're able to interact with people more. Definitely. Yeah. Okay, guys, so I think we're going to wrap up this podcast for today. Um, We had a really great time sharing our experiences and talking about our identities as brown people in Canada. Yeah, I hope some of you guys can relate to our experiences. I'm I'm sure you guys can. Um, But for now, um, don't forget to follow us on our socials. Follow us on Instagram at Lake Talks with Sis, on TikTok at Lake Talks with Sis. And let us know if um, there are any topics that you want us to talk about for any of the coming weeks. Yeah, and we can even do like a question and answer if you just want to know more about our lives. Yeah, or if you want like advice and stuff. All right, guys. Well, I think we'll call it a night. We'll talk to you guys next week. Once again, we're your hosts, Samana. I'm Inshara. And I'm Santa. Bye. 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 Bye.